It's the Jenny Hatch Show at Blog Talk Radio, and I am so thrilled to be able to talk today. I just had some issues setting up this site, and it made me feel a little bit off, so um, I'm hoping this is working well. Um, I don't have any way of testing to hear if you can hear me, and nor the sound quality, so I hope it's good. Um, I um, have been really demoralized all weekend because I've been reading quite a bit about the stories that are being collected around fertility issues with the COVID vaccine. And um, it's just been so reminiscent of when the H1N1 dropped. And I thought it might be good for me to share my story around all these issues because I'm looking for people who want to share the seven-minute version of their story here on my show. So if you're one of those moms who recently received the vaccine and had something weird happen, I would really like to talk to you. Some of the stories that are being shared are so outrageous. Moms losing their breast milk, moms spontaneously aborting their children, moms who are in menopause. Uh, bleeding again, really weird, heavy periods, periods that just come right at one right after the other. It's, it's obvious to me that, that there's something going on with the vaccine in regards to our fertility, and I have some questions. So um, that's the goal of this series of shows, and I plan to keep going until we all figure it out. This is going to be the focus of my work over the next few weeks and even months. So if you know someone who had something happen, please have them contact me either through my blog, JennyHatch.com, or directly, 435-592-3884. I want to get the, the quick version of your story out in podcast form. So please don't hesitate to call. When my oldest daughters were preteens, the HPV vax dropped in this whirlwind campaign of propaganda that as we started to experience, the hype was so extreme that my second daughter said to me something like, but mom, I need to get it. What if I get raped? And I mean, this girl was in middle school, and I thought, who's, who's talking to her on this level of fear to convince her that this is one of the main reasons that she should get this vaccine? I mean, it was just crazy. And I'm, I'm an anti-vaxxer with a capital A. I, I did not vaccinate any of my children for anything. And I am a vaccine-damaged person. Uh, I have several autoimmune diseases that I've been dealing with my whole life. And the research that I did as a young mother convinced me that my children were at increased risk for the most extreme vaccine reactions because of my poor health. That the mom who has asthma, eczema, anaphylactic allergies, goes on to have the children who have autism and really extreme reactions 
And this is called epigenetics, and it's almost like the pathways to the the pathways to the body that caused this extreme reaction when foreign proteins come in have been set. And then with the next kid and then and then the next generation, you you get this amplification of symptoms to the point where second and third generation hyper-vaccinated kids are the ones who are getting the really extreme reactions. So I didn't want to have a family that had all of my health challenges. I've had head-to-toe eczema breakouts at various points in my life that have been so debilitating I couldn't even leave the house. And so I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to deal with an asthmatic child. I didn't want to deal with a child who had to have a fanny pack full of drugs like I do that had an EpiPen and Benadryl and all the drugs that you need to help you when you have an anaphylactic situation. Because for me, if I eat a tree nut or shellfish or I get stung by a bee, I go into shock and I can die. So over my life, I've had many trips to the emergency room to help me deal with my anaphylaxis. And I didn't want a kid with that. And so we chose not to vaccinate and instead to focus on building strong immunity in our kids. I have five children and um, I breastfed all of them and we used supernuticals all throughout their childhood to treat them with the various infectious diseases they did get, which means vitamin C, vitamin D, multivitamins, herbs. Uh, I got into essential oils when my fourth child was a baby. And then we used spiritual healing. We used prayer and we used priesthood blessings and we used natural things in the house, not a lot of chemicals in my house. And I fed them whole foods diet. And, you know, we just did all these other things besides vaccines and antibiotics to help them when they were sick. So um, nobody would look at my husband and I and our health and say, oh, these two people are going to create five healthy children. Uh, If it were just genetics and patterns, our kids would have been a bunch of sickly, mentally ill, uh, you know, blobs who just had all these health challenges. But my husband and I were able to come up with five relatively healthy children, I believe, because I just said no. We're not gonna we're not gonna go down that path with the vaccines and the antibiotics. I want to go over here where it, it just was like it felt right for us to go this other path, you know, to prevent some of these things. So my kids are all adults now. The youngest is 18, and guess what? None of the long-term, lifelong diseases. You know, no autism, no anaphylaxis, no asthma in my kids, and it's it's been a blessing. So whether you want to call that riding herd or what have you, I don't care. I have been treated like a pariah for my whole life for these choices. I still maintain that as a thinking adult uh, who has already suffered a lifelong uh, series of illnesses myself, that it was in with, within my rights as a parent, as a human being, to say, you know what, I don't want to do this with my own kids. We're going to do something else. And I have no regrets. Uh, that being said, it's it's kind of a 
touchy issue right now with the propaganda levels so jacked up and everybody thinks they're an expert. Everybody wants to uh, impose their will on other people, up to including passing laws saying they want to mandate these things for our kids and for us. And so I am an anti-vaxxer who's strongly standing in the realm of freedom for everybody to make their own choices. I don't care if you want to get vaccinated or if you want to vaccinate your kids, you go for it. But don't, don't come into my home and tell me what I have to do with my, my body and mind and my, my family. Um, as I said, it was when the Gardasil hit that I really questioned who, who was, you know, propagandizing my, propagandizing my daughters to the point where they felt like they needed to get the shot. I still don't know. They could have been their friends, but we didn't get that shot. But that was when I started as a blogger, truly writing some serious blog posts about the side effects of vaccines. Because very few people at the time were reporting what happened during the trials for HPV. I mean, there was like 11 girls who died, didn't make the news. And World Net Daily and uh, Mike Adams over at Natural News, these were some of the only people who were talking about this. And so I was there with my blog and just started posting similar things. Uh, this was like 2006, maybe even like 2005 is when they started the rollout. So 2006, 2007. In 2007, uh, I experienced a series of traumas around my activism that let me know that the powers that be were very aware of what I was doing. I'm not going to detail them in the show. It always brings a lot of grief when I talk about what they did. But they have their tactics and they use them. And um, there were many times that I wanted to just turn off the computer and never say another word because of the bullying that went on past and I would get my courage back and I would just go back to work and and that's been my pattern now since 2006 to just kind of keep going so we saw HPV we saw H1N1 we saw Ebola and SARS and um, now we're here with COVID and I have been a vaccine whistleblower and activist through all of it. And the most demoralizing stories for me, bar none, are the women who report this pregnancy loss. And I was the, one of the main bloggers back in the day who was reporting the fertility issues around the H1N1. During that year, 2009, 2010, there was a ton of miscarriages all over the world. And I dedicated my time and space on my blog to document many of these incidents of miscarriage. And the, the numbers, you know, collected by the government showed there was a spike in miscarriages. They covered it up, but there was a spike. And they were putting things into those vaccines for H1N1 that really messed with women's fertility. And it was so demoralizing to read these stories and report on them. And I just felt so sad that in 2009, I organized the only rally on this issue that was organized by a non-medical person. There were medical people, nurses, and doctors around the country 
organized various events saying they didn't want to get the shot because of what they were seeing in the hospitals they worked at. But I organized an event in 2009. I invited every top vaccine act, and Leonard Horowitz came and was the keynote speaker, and I met Sherry Kane for the first time. And she and I spoke together, and we named the names of the people who were responsible for hoisting this vaccine on the country, on the world. And uh, we also pointed to the fact that they were the ones who were going to make the most money. A very familiar person was one of our people. Dr. Anthony Fauci was one of those who were part of that list that we outed as the genocidal maniacs who were making people so sick with this vaccine. So that was 2009. And um, during the past, you know, it's been, what, 12, 13 years, continued on, you know, interviewing activists, doing as much as I could with my little one-horse show uh, on Blog Talk and on my blog and various places around the web. But it's, you know, it's been hard work to do because it's so sad, so demoralizing. But uh, these stories need to be told. So that's where we're at. Um, I don't have too much else to say except when you say do your own research, most of the information on the Internet was placed there by the pharmaceutical companies. So, yeah, you can go do research, and that's great. But, number one, this is a new product that's never been out. mRNA genetic code type, uh, I wouldn't even call it a vaccine because it's not. It's a biological weapon. But they're new. And there's no long-term studies to show what the, the long-term impacts are going to be. Short-term, we're having some anecdotal reports that the drug companies will say, oh, correlation does not equal causation or causation does not equal Correlation, that's their little catchphrase to say, you know, it's just, it's just an anecdote. It doesn't count. Well, when it's your baby that's dead, we want that baby to count. And we want that story to be heard. So if that's being covered up, we want, we want that to get out. Um, so, again, I'm just throwing this out there to the Internet. If you're an activist collecting stories, I'd love to talk to you. Are you experiencing any whistleblower blowback? censorship of your your information. I posted on my blog this morning that Grace, who did an amazing video around this, um, two hours her video was on YouTube and it got pulled. And um, I put it on my blog. She put it on Rumble and BitChute, but two hours and YouTube was in there saying, nope, can't share this. So um, somebody's censoring this stuff. And all she was doing was asking questions. We need to get these stories out. We need to have a conversation. And uh, my hope is that the work we do will get these vaccines pulled, stopped, completely stopped. No more. We're not going to do it. We're not going to allow you to use our people for, uh, you know, your experimentation. That's who these people are. They are literally guinea pigs. And President Trump, I am ashamed. I am ashamed that you're claiming credit for this. 
I'm ashamed that I supported you and you're out here pushing it for people. You know, I know you're not a scientist and you just listen to the people around you, but you know what? You need to stand up and own this because what's happening right now is just so wrong. And um, I just feel really sad that I was so supportive of you. You know, I, I voted for you because I believed that you were going to come in and help shut down these, these evil people or at least make them accountable for their crimes. And um, it's just been really hard as a Trump supporter to watch all this happen. So I'm sorry for my role in it, you know, for not speaking out more. But, I, you know, I've been trying, so... Uh, Thanks for stopping by. I hope you have a great day. Again, I'm looking for seven minutes of your story. People will be more likely to listen to what you have to say if you will get right to the point, share the facts of your story. It's great if you have pictures, maybe a video clip. Um, You know, just be prepared to share that. And don't be afraid of going public. You women out there who are suffering right now are the canaries in the coal mine. And as hard as, sorry, I'm crying. As hard as it is to go public with your own story and potentially face backlash and have people call you a liar, think about how many other people you can help and save if you'll go public with your story and help shut this down right now. But please stand up. Don't be afraid. It'll be it'll be okay. This is Jenny Hatch, Jenny Hatch Show. Goodbye.